This edition of the Cliff Notes Podcast is brought to you by Tolly and Associates. Contact Dom Tolly for all your insurance needs at 816-232-8400 or come on out to Tolly and Associates at 2606 North Belt Highway for all your insurance needs. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are previewing week four of the high school football season. We are previewing the week that is in eight-man football, and I couldn't do it. Without these two gentlemen, please welcome back on the podcast, Missouri 8-Man Football's Gavin Albertson and Anthony Crane. Welcome back, gentlemen. Give yourself more credit. You can do it. (laughs) How's it going, Cliff? Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, it's going all right. You know, we're we're preparing. It's a big week. Um, A lot of of big things coming up in um, 8-Man Football this week. But um, unfortunately, we have to start – with a little bit of sad news, a little maybe the maybe the headliner of the um, the past week. And first of all, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, our um, our thoughts and prayers, all three of us collectively, our th- thoughts and prayers go out to the fam, the family, the friends, and the Drexel community for Jacob Coffee. And um, just um, gentlemen, just um, your your thoughts on um, the situation and how that now affects um, Drexel's football season. I mean, they go from either the favorites or the co-favorites in their district and their conference to uh, ring below Archie to possibly make a state semifinal this year. So, I mean, that's a huge loss for Drexel. I mean, that's 85 to 90% of their offense with Jacob Coffey. And he was a good portion of their defense, too. I mean, the kid was just a really good football player. And not only that, but he was also their leader and just a good kid in general on there. I mean, his demeanor is always just kind of calm and kind of goes out there and just plays football really well and then kind of goes home and – Eats ice cream, I guess. I'm not sure what he does after the game, but like, it's, I mean, he's just a really good football player. So, I mean, it's gonna it stinks losing him for them down there. Coach Dean's still a really good coach, so they're gonna figure a couple things out and they have some more time to prep for him not being there because their whole prep the last two years has been everything around 13. So now they have to adjust from that and they have a week to do so against a solid Jasper team down there. So we'll see what they do this week with it, and then they got Archie come up in a couple of weeks. So they're still at this point they're a big unknown because. First three weeks of the season, we're looking at them like they had a couple struggles, but like I'm like they're still the defending state champions. They have still the best player in the state. I'm gonna believe them a little bit, and then once he goes down, that's a big portion of the belief that I had in them this year. So we'll see. We're just kind of a wait and see game right now for Drexel. Anthony, your thoughts? Sad, you know. You know, for me, it wasn't with the poll or anything else. It was just. You know, it sucks that kid. Um, and it happens. I mean, kids, you know, seniors, you know, you just don't want to see it. And, yeah, you get the state title uh, last year. So that that's good. But, you know, it, it sucks when you know um, in your final game and you see those seconds taken away. It sucks then. Um, so I can't imagine how it feels to just have it ripped away unexpectedly like that. So. And, I feel and we bad still, for him. He's good, good. And we still hope that he was getting some college offers too. We kind of hope those still kind of stay there, and hopefully they can he can possibly play college ball at the next level too. So hopefully this isn't his last game um, with wearing a football helmet. We'll kind of see what his plans are afterward. But I know he was at least getting looks at next level, some either NAIA or Division two as well. And they might have belayed a couple teams there looking at him. So uh, I hope for the best for him going forward, and best of luck to the Drexel Bobcats for the rest of the season. Yeah. Again, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Jacob, uh, his family, his friends, and that, that entire 
community out there at Drexel. Um, it's just heartbreaking, you know, when we don't we, we don't ever want injuries to happen, and that's just unfortunately that's a that's a heartbreaking injury. It's a heartbreaking loss for po- quite possibly the best player in eight man football. So, um, gentlemen, um, a little bit of uh, other news. Uh, the week four media poll is out now, and we're gonna run that down here real quick. North Andrew is the number one team receiving four first place votes. Worth County is at number two, a big jump there after beating Bishop LeBlonde uh, over the, uh, last week. They are at number two with one first-place vote. Um, Archie sits at three right now with two first-place votes, then followed by Platte Valley. Platte Valley at four, Drexel's at five, Albany six, East Atchison seven at eight. It's King City. Number nine is Oric, and then North Shelby is at number 10. And then others receiving votes right now are Bishop LeBlonde, Lockwood, and Stanberry. So, um... Gentlemen, just um, real quick, just um, your thoughts on um, the poll this week and maybe some differences of how you two voted. I mean, there wasn't a lot this week. Um, you know, I still had Archie at two and Worth County three, Platte Valley four. Um, and it's kind of like we've been saying now, it's getting a little smaller with the, the injury and everything. So, you know, one through four, you could do a lot of things with it. Um, and it's hard to argue with that. Um the middle, I think we all basically agreed there. Um, and then, you know, the back end, it's just kind of, you know, which which one of those one and two teams that you know, maybe had a tough schedule that you liked more. Um, at 10, I have Lockwood in there, but uh, I have no issue with, you know, the way it turned out. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I think Anthony, our top three, top four really are pretty similar. We just have, I think, Archie and Worth County flip between the two of us. Both have North Andrew at two. No, I think our top three are kind of flipped around there. I have it as Archie, Woco, North Andrew, by the slimmest of margins, Platte Valley at four. And I think I have, who I think it was Albany EA, the next two spots for me kind of deal on there. I think they're kind of, Albany has a chance this week with Worth County playing in town to possibly jump themselves up into that discussion in the top four there with that as well. Um, North Shelby, King City, Oric, and Drexel were rounding out my top 10 there. Um, I may have punished Drexel a little bit too much in my media poll, but I was just kind of looking, as I was looking at teams, I'm like, at this point, who would I take, Oric or Drexel? I'd probably lean Oric if they played the tomorrow kind of deal. So that's how I, I kind of went about it in my voting, at least. Is that right? I don't know. That's kind of how I voted with it on there. Uh, teams like Stanberry, LeBlanc, Lockwood were outside my top 10 kind of with St. Paul and Bramer for my like top 15 teams that I was kind of looking at to possibly rank there for those final couple of spots there. So we'll see. There's a couple of games this week that'll help determine and shake a few things out there. I mean, Oric has Bramer this week. That's a huge game. Two top 15 teams, in my opinion, kind of going at it with very different styles. So we'll see what happens there as well. But it's, I mean, we're already a third way through the season. So more football to play, but we know a little bit right now for three weeks. I think, you know, when we talk about the rankings, obviously, uh, you know, I, I look through the comments on Monday morning and I always try to skim through them and try to see what's in there and um, stuff. And I think a lot of people were kind of, um, you know, with Drexel now with the uh, coffee injury, um, I think a lot of people think that um, Drexel got dropped because of that. But from what I heard, that was actually a pretty competitive game, actually, for most of the evening. Is, is that probably another reason why – um they dropped another people's media poll, maybe instead of maybe the fact that Jacob Coffey got injured. Well, I think Coffey went down decently early in that game, too, which is part of the reason why it was close. So at that point, we did see, I think it was two quarters at least, maybe three of no Jacob Coffey. And what's that mean there? And it meant they struggled a bit with an Appleton City team, which is 
struggled in the Wima the last couple of years on there. So like if they struggle with Appleton, what would they do versus Jasper or or Archie? They've already played Lockwood and Liberal down south. So there's a couple of the better teams they've already played in the, in the conference there or district. So that's good for them at least on there. But they still have tough games with St. Paul and Archie coming up. So that's what we're kind of looking at there for Drexel. And, and while they do get dropped a little bit, each ranking for me at least is a week-by-week thing. It's not a – well, last week they were four, so I have to keep them at four this week because they won. It's no, it was a complete reevaluation for me, especially after three weeks. There's so much more data that we had. I don't want to be tied to my preseason thoughts. We didn't know a whole bunch. I want to make sure I can reevaluate and use the most recent information to make sure it's the most accurate and reasonable poll that I can put out there. And I had Drexel number one all year, but at this point, I can't get conscious with the number one without coffee on there. So it's like just one of those deals with there. So it's just the margin. And eight man football is, mm-hmm. you know, if Briar McIntyre gets hurt for Archie, they're, you know, then they drop down to that Appleton City. You know, they're, they're still better than Appleton City, but, you know, those games become a lot closer. You know, Appleton's better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to be worse than they were last year, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's one of two guys that stand out that keep you from that liberal. Appleton, uh, middle of the window there. It's the same thing up north. If Platte Valley lost Carter Luke, or if North Andrew lost Hayden Necker, or if Albany lost Camper Klein, for for sure there. I mean, they're just certain guys who, not only are they good players, but those teams rely on those players to do so much for them. If you lost them in the middle of a game, are you prepared to game plan to switch your offense up completely as well? Is also a big factor. It's different. Losing a guy in the middle of a game compared to having a whole week off to prepare without not having that guy as well. So that's just a couple of things you have to look forward to in some of these games where you see some weird results. It's like, well, yeah, they didn't know they're going to be without their best lineman after the second play of the game. So they had to switch up things. They were going to run a bunch of power plays. They couldn't do it at that point. Um, so, I mean, we saw last year when I went to the Stanbury-King City game, King City couldn't run the ball at all. Stanbury's big lineman, he goes out of the game, and King City's able to run the ball a little bit more and get that game really close at the end. And it's like, yeah. Stanbury was probably the better team, though, because whenever they were full health, they were dominating that game a little bit. But, I mean, it's football. There's going to be injuries. So you have to kind of roll the punches with that. So, yeah, it's definitely always a part of the game. And definitely, uh, and, you know, when you talked about, you know, you know, ranking on a week to week by week basis. And, you know, I feel like that's how everybody does it. Like, you know, with the uh, I know you run the uh, the you help with the D2 football poll and even like, you know, the Division One poll, the AP poll, you know. That, that gets ranked week by week. Somebody could go up from 25 to 8, depending on the magnitude of the win. Or they mm-hmm. could go down with the magnitude of the loss. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's always a week by week thing. So, um, you know, um, g- gentlemen, just uh, talk about really before we get into week four, just uh, other other highlights from you guys. Other, you know, maybe things that kind of shocked you and some highlights from week three. See here if there's anything that was really that surprising from week three that we saw kind of deal. Nothing that uh, comes to mind first off there. Maybe we had a I had a feeling that Worth County would beat up on LeBlanc. I didn't know if it was going to be that bad kind of deal on there. So that was you know, a surprising thing, but a kind of a confirmation thing with there with how good Worth County is this year. Um, probably South Holt playing with East Ashton, but playing that game as close for as long as they did. I know Anthony was at that game. That was a bit surprising on there. There was, there was some turnovers and stuff that maybe factored into that. But I think the rest of the other games 
kind of went as we expected. I didn't really know what to expect out of Stewartsville versus Rockport. Rockport, that game was close for a long time, then Rockport pulled away. So we'll kind of see going forward. But that's kind of like a few thoughts I had from week three. I think the whipping King City put on Stanbury um, because it didn't feel like it was as close to that final score either. I agree um, with that. Really surprised me. Um, and should be scary for the, everyone else um, because now King City looks like they figured out some offense. Week one, mm-hmm. it was not it was not good. Now, North Andrew is a, a really good defense, but still, um, they struggled to move the ball. Now you're putting up 42 on Stanbury, which, you know, they're not Stanbury of last year defensively, but that's still a good team. Um, and I don't know if at any point that game was really close. Um, yeah, I mean, King City really went up. With King City. Yeah, King City went up like 36 to 12, I think, at one point in that game. Then Stanbury did come back a little bit. And Stanbury, give them credit as well. They were playing that game without their best lineman, and Lance Wallace had a back up in there at guard for him. That did it cause some things in certain points of the game where you could definitely tell they were missing Lance Wallace whenever you see big old Chase Moss come to the line untouched. A D tackle, okay, if Wallace is there, maybe he didn't get through so easily there on certain plays. But, I mean, but Stanbury, uh, they still have good players in Sheever and Cameron there running the football. They had some good pass plays, which King City's pass defense still leaves a, lot, a little bit to be desired there for them. But, I mean, offensively, Anthony said they're, they're more creative in their running game this year because they have to be because of – the guys they have, Ty Mooney, Pulliam, Haas, Fisher, they kind of use them in different ways to kind of deal there, and it's more creative this this year. And Mooney ran the ball really well versus Stanberry um, on there. So I was very impressed with King City, watching them in person. And their defense is very legit. I mean, they they have a very good defensive front. We've already said Moss, Mooney, the Hiddle kid up front, as well as Landon Jackson. They have a good de- defensive front. So we'll see if they can give teams like Worth County and Albany some fits later in the year as well. Yeah. I was definitely looking at that King City team, uh, you know, at the uh, at the beginning of the year, and I think you know a lot of people look at those uh, those losses there when you're talking about the losses of like Parker Muff and um, Sawyer McCallan and uh, Corbin Taylor and um, all those guys, and you're um, you're looking at maybe you know maybe this team lost a lot, but this team actually still had a lot back, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised how well this football team is playing right now. That was a big win over Stanbury on Friday night, so. Um, Gentlemen, let's move on to um, week four now. And uh, I think my big game for week four, obviously, because we're I'm more Northwest Missouri um, centric. Um, no disrespect to the South there. I think the South's got some great football there. But uh, the big game up North is um, Albany, Albany and Wor- Albany and Worth County. That's, um, you know, Albany got that big win over um, over Stanbury a couple of weeks ago. Um, they made a st- uh, blew out Mound City last week, um, you know, with the way Worth County. And I looked at that LeBlanc score, and um, I saw the tweet come in when I was out live at Lafayette the other night or on Friday night, and I was like, I just did not expect a score just to be that lopsided. I figured Worth County was going to probably win that game, but I didn't expect the score to be so lopsided. So that Worth County reloaded pretty well too. So just talk about Worth County at Albany this Friday. Well, um, I think in – I'll touch on LeBlanc real quick. That shows you the difference between one through four and then six – or, you know, five through ten. Because LeBlanc is a good top – or bottom half of the top ten team. But Worth County, North Andrew, Platte Valley, and all those teams are on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this week will be interesting too because – we 
we know who Kemper Klein is. We know how great he is. Um, but until we see it in person, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest. I know Coach Found's a great coach. Um, so that's what I'm interested to see. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I think for both teams, it's the biggest test they'll they faced so far this year. Um, because I think those they match up better. Um, mm-hmm. athletically, size wise, all those things. I think it'd be great for everyone. Um, because Worth County, you know, they believe they're the best team in the state. So for them, it's a prove it game. And same for Albany. If they want to prove that they're up there with North Andrew and Worth County in the GRC, it's a big moment for them. And, you know, they get it home on, you know, a field that's less than perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should be fun. I, I, I haven't been this excited for a game yet this year um, because I, and every time I say this, I tend to disappoint myself, but it should be a really good one. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking at this Albany team, a team that two years ago got cut short to COVID. And they were a team that year where that was playing very well. I mean, they lost to Worth County by two that year. They lost to North Andrew by four. They had beaten King City late in the year. They had their game versus Sanbury. They had lost by four. So they had all these games. They were really close. They couldn't quite get over that hump to actually beat those better teams in the GRC. Uh, maybe they would have in the playoffs. We don't know at this point because of COVID. Uh, and then last year, another down year that before them there, the gap kind of widened again between them and those GRC teams. But this year with the win over Stanberry, it was good for them to kind of get that thing rolling a bit there. It was a good initial win to get that monkey off their back a little bit for beating Stanberry because they hadn't beat them since 2019. Um, so I think it's really interesting with that. And they're, they're going to play Worth County tough, I think, because as we've said many times here, Coach Fountain is a heck of a coach. So is Coach Adwell for Worth County. It's going to be two really good coaches schematically going at each other there with a lot of good players in the football field. We've talked about Kemper Klein, but for Worth County, Levi Casaball, really good running back there for him. Tyler New at quarterback. The height shoe kid's explosive. Both McIntyre kids, especially Dylan. Dylan's a very good player. I think he's touched the ball 12 times this year and has like nine touchdowns. I mean, we're disappointed those other three touches didn't score there at this point. I mean, it's how good he's been this year uh, with that. So they're a very good football team, and they're – I think they were a little bit slighted that they were five, six in the poll to start the year kind of deal. Cause they thought they were better than that. Um, but as kind of the teams we saw this year, they lost the best one, two punch in the state with um, Reinhardt and Gladstone and still losing the Rundy kid. Um, they lost a lot of good players from last year. So we're like, where are they going to be this year? There's no way they can retool and be as good this year. And they are as good. So we'll see what they do versus Albany. I'm very excited to see what Anthony sees up there. Um, I'll probably try to watch the game. Um, on replay there with the Albany TV, just kind of see with my own eyes because those guys also do a really good job uh, with that. And they'll be doing the King City Pattonsburg game on Saturday, which I'll be guest um, on their pregame, halftime, and postgame shows there uh, for the Albany TV for Saturday. So if you're looking for the Mo 8-man game on Saturday, it's going to be on Albany TV. Um, Taking a little bit of one game off at least there that I'm going to to get um, a little bit of rest for my vocal cords uh, for that as well. Um, but it should be a lot of fun for the next couple of days to kind of see for this week. Just other games to kind of see where everybody's at. Because even that Pattonsburg-King City game on Saturday, King City is very good at stopping the run. Pattonsburg has no running backs on the roster. They're all linemen, receivers, and quarterbacks. So they're going to spread them out. We'll see if King City can handle that a little bit and if Pattonsburg can handle King City's physicality. So I'm very excited for those two contrasting styles on Saturday. And then, of course, my game doing South Holt Platte Valley on Friday. Platte Valley is probably the heavy favorite there. But as we've said there, South Holt's the top 20 team in the state. But the difference between four and 18, 19 is the Grand Canyon at this point. So, yeah. 
And let's talk about that game real quick since we said so we just uh, brought it up and then we'll get into the other game that we're going to talk about South Holton Platte Valley. As you just mentioned, you know, um, you know, Platte Valley's number four in the Platte Valley's number four in the state. Um, you know, South Holt is on the outside looking in right now as far as the uh, Missouri eight man football rankings. Um, Devin, since you're going to be doing the game on the Missouri eight man football Facebook page, um, I'll let you talk about this game first. You know, I know South Holt's one and two, but their two losses are to Worth County by a lesser margin than what LeBlanc lost to him by, and then to East Ashton by 26. So we're talking about teams that do get blown out, but they're not getting quite as, especially the EA game, blown out by those top teams as bad as others would kind of deal. So they give a little more of a resistance. Those top teams make them at least earn it a little bit there for them. And I think that first game versus Worth County, they just kind of got jumped in that one. I mean, what Worth County does to people, they just kind of jump on you and you get buried very quickly. So they did a good job learning from that, playing East Ashton and playing them better than the way they played Worth County kind of deal. Um, so I'm excited what Platte Valley does against them to kind of give a gauge of where Platte Valley's at um, with some other top teams also playing South Holt's nice little gauge game for them. And South Holt, they'll be fine. They'll still probably be a 500 team by the end of the season. Um, I know they got the Rockport game. will be interesting for them to see if, uh, if they can get above 500. Maybe the Stewartsville game, depending on how the matchups go there as well. So they'll ride the ship. They'll be fine towards the end of the year. Only problem with South Hold is they might be the eight seed in districts because District Four is just of a mammoth of really good teams. So we'll see how they kind of do. But this is a tough matchup for South Hold. They don't have a whole lot of depth in Platte Valley. They play fast and they they're big and they like to hit people. So we'll see how it goes. Carter Luke's good at football. Carter Luke is good at football. Carter Analysis Luke. for Platte Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Carter Luke's good at football. Cryan, your thoughts. It may be over by the third quarter. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I love South Holt. Um, you know, I've been covering them since I started A-Man. I think Peterson's great. And I think it will be similar to the East Ashton game where you'll see a good two quarters, um, maybe two and a half. And then the lack of depth really starts to wear on them against good teams. Same thing with Worth County. They had many opportunities in that Worth County game for it not to get out of hand. Um, but once they started making mistakes, once they started dropping balls and uh, fumbles and turnovers and just different things like that, it started to snowball on them. And kind of the same thing with East Atchison. They're just not as big. They're not as fast. Um, and so I think that's probably what you'll see in this one. I think it will be good for Platte Valley just to feel some resistance because um, it, it doesn't matter who they played so far. It doesn't change how good I think that team is, but they really haven't played anyone tough yet, and I think this will be a good test for them early on. In a nice little warm-up game. You don't want to go to playing Mound City and Alway Valley this year to going straight to Albany after that. You want nice little South Holt Rockport games kind of sprinkled in there to give you a little more resistance. Find some things that maybe you have some weaknesses are that you didn't see those other games, so you can correct those before you play a team like Albany and later in the year with East Atchison. You want those games a little bit. That way you have to test yourself a little bit so you can fix some things before you play some better opponents as well later down the road. Absolutely. I I, I definitely I would love that that to work that way for sure. So um, the other matchup that I'm going to talk about, it's a little bit out of the Cliff Notes podcast of listening area, but I think this is a very interesting matchup. Number nine, Oric at Braver. And uh, Bramer spent some time in the top 10 and uh, Oryx hanging around there at number nine as we ran down the poll earlier. 
Um, gentlemen, your thoughts on Oric and Bremer? Jackson Miller's really, really good. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> of all the games, he has been the most impressive running back I've seen this year, I think. Um, you know, Hayden Ecker's up there. Uh, Carter Luke, obviously, but, like, watching him play has been awesome. Now, the competition hasn't been fantastic, um, but still, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. Um, so he's been really good. Uh, this game's interesting because Bramer is the opposite. Warwick is not going to be throwing the football. Bramer is likely not going to be running the football. Um, so we'll see. Um, Bramer did struggle. Uh, you know, St. Paul is more physical. Um, and that was the bad game for them. So we'll see if they've learned from that game because, you know, Maggart, Miller, similar builds. Um, so we'll see how they handle that. Because um, it's interesting, you know, when teams like to spread it out like that, they don't tend to be the toughest of teams. Um, so we'll see if they can handle that physicality. Oric has been good. They've shown moments where, you know, you kind of want more from them. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It, it should be a fun one. And for Oric and Bramer, it's it's a good test um, because not a lot of those in that, you know, for them this year. So I think it'd be a good game and a good test for both teams. Yeah, and as I was saying earlier with the King City Pattonsburg game, very similar feel to this one where Oric is a very physical running down your throats with Jackson Miller. He's going to bludgeon you in the face and see if you can take it and then outrun you to the sideline kind of deal. While Bramer with Jordan Haley, at quarterback, he's a very good player. And I think part of Bramer's problem on defense is as talented as that team is, they are also still very young. And a lot of sophomores playing, a couple of juniors sprinkled in there. So that's part of the problem that these kids just haven't physically matured yet to be good, really good on defense. And you add in the spread aspect on offense too. It's just inheritably a little more finesse, a little more speed, a little bit there, a little less hitching the mouth kind of deal with that on offense. So you said defense, it kind of translates sometimes with that, but it's a very interesting game. And it might be a deal where Oric matched up really well with St. Paul, Bramber not match up at all with St. Paul at all with there. And then Oric just can't handle Bramer speed on the outside in this game. So those teams could go one and one versus each other with three blowout wins. And we're like, well, what do we actually know about these three teams kind of deal with it? And that would just throw a wrench into everything. But I think Oric does win this game. I just trust Jackson Miller. And I coach, I trust Coach Thacker over there to get a win um, with that. It should be a very interesting game. It's definitely a game I'm going to keep my eye on, not only with Anthony's tweets over there from Albany, but also hopefully someone's tweeting out updates over there for Oric Bramer so we can see some updates over there as it's going on um, to kind of see how that game goes. Um, that's a game I was kind of interested in going to this week. Unfortunately, Bramer is hosting, and their cell service is less than ideal, so I don't have any service over there to do a broadcast from over in Bramer. I've tried twice now. It's been very, very not good both times. Um, with that, I, I'd like going over there, but it's like it's hard to broadcast games from over there. So, but I'm really interested to see how that game kind of shapes up there with Oric and Bramer. And uh, Oric, very big game for that conference. Oric has had some recent experience with an offense like this. Um, College Heights, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were moments where College Heights, they got some big plays that just couldn't keep it going and they couldn't mm-hmm. stop Oric. So, that'll be the test. I think, you know, Jordan Haley's, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the state. Mm-hmm. He's a fun kid, and he's still young. So uh, I I think this one would be probably a little closer than maybe you'd normally expect. Um, and Bramer's better defensively than College Heights is as yeah, well. Compared to what Oric has played, um, they've blown everyone out. 
Um, I think this one's – I think it's still high scoring. I, I think you're oh, yeah. like 90 points between the two would be my guess. Um, now, which way it goes, I, you know, we'll see, but. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think this game last year was a very high-scoring game as well. If I remember correctly, Bramer kind of pushed Oric a bit, and that's the game that the Buchanan kid had like 10 touchdowns for Oric. It was at yeah, 90 to 52 last year. Will it get to be that high scoring? I don't think so. Could both teams get the 50? Definitely possible on there. So um, very interesting to see that just because Oric, I think, is a good defensively team. It's just they don't, they're not equipped to stop this style of offense compared to a more traditional power offensive team just because as good as Miller is at, at running back, he's leading the state in rushing right now. He is an absolute thumper at uh, linebacker as well. So we'll see how it goes. I think Oric wins, but I think it's a really good football game there. Uh, between the Bobcats and the Bearcats, Battle of the Cats. So, Battle of the Cats. So it should be should be very exciting there. So, um, gentlemen, um, thank you so much, both of you guys, for um, coming on the podcast. You can follow um, Missouri Eight Man Football on Twitter at Mo Eight Man Football. You can check them out on Facebook at Missouri Eight Man Football. Again, um, South Holton Platte Valley. That will be the game on the Missouri Eight Man Football Facebook page. You can check out Anthony at Worth County at Albany. And you can check out the Anthony Crane podcast as well for your podcasting fix for Mr. Anthony Crane. And um, Devin and Anthony both do a weekly preview. and They do several streams a week on the Missouri 8-Man Football Facebook page. And um, all kinds of resources, uh, Google Docs pages for team stats, schedules, history, scores, all that good stuff. The work that these two put in for Missouri 8-Man Football is absolutely appreciated by me and everybody else. So, gentlemen, thank you both so much for coming on, as always, and uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you both next week. Sounds good.